Thank you again, everyone, for joining us for today's Friday Gallery Talk. I'm happy to introduce Hirshhorn's Interpretive Guide, Janina Anderson. Hi, thank you all uh, so much for coming to this Friday Gallery Talk. Um, my name is Janina Anderson, and as Caroline said, I'm an interpretive guide here at the museum. Um, so what that means is I actually get to uh, wander around uh, this exhibit and engage visitors in conversation about the work. Um, I get to hear some really great um, feedback and insights uh, from visitors, and I also get to um, answer questions. So having said that, um, I'd really like to frame this talk more around some questions and observations that I've gotten from uh, visitors uh, throughout the course of this exhibition. So today I'm going to be talking about uh, dropping the Han Dynasty urn, which is this piece that you see um, behind me. It's a triptych, so what that means is that it's um, a single piece comprised of three images, and uh, it was completed in uh, 1995. As I said, I'd, I'd really like to focus on, on a few questions that um, I really get often from visitors, uh, two in particular. Uh, the first being, uh, why does he drop uh, a Han Dynasty urn? And uh, being from the Han Dynasty, that dates the urn at about 2,000 years old. Um, and the second being, is, is this really an authentic Han Dynasty urn? Um, is, this, is this real or is it fake? But, before we kind of go into those two uh, really demanding, um, incredibly interesting questions, I think uh, we should first consider some of the formal elements of the piece. And also, um, just uh, I'd love to give you all some background into Ai Weiwei's engagement with ceramics as a medium. So, first of all, um, if we analyze some of the formal elements of this piece, these are um, three life-size images of the artist um, dropping a Han Dynasty urn. Um, they're in black and white. Uh, they were shot with a 35 millimeter camera, shooting uh, six frames per second. Um, Ai Weiwei uh, stands in front of a brick facade that resembles many of the facades that he would go on to design as an architect. Um, I think for me, one of the most uh, interesting aspects of this piece formally is actually the artist's gaze. Um, with the nature of this gesture, you might expect him to be angry or remorseful, but he, he really doesn't seem to, to have any of those qualities. He really seems to be more, more challenging, right? He's, he's looking directly into the camera and consequently making direct contact with us. He's, he's really challenging us, and many art historians have commented that he's even asking, um, what am I doing, or even, what do you want me to be doing? which is um, interesting. Also, if we could move a bit away from this because the alarms uh, will go off. Um, so, um, if, we, if we're to consider a little bit of Ai Weiwei's uh, relationship with ceramics, um, it's, it's one that began very early in his life and has continued throughout his life and career. Um, Ceramics is an appropriate material for Ai Weiwei, um, also because it's, it's, an essential, it's an essentially Chinese material. Um, like silk, ceramics is uh, a material that the West uh, simply couldn't resist. Um, Ai Qing, Ai Weiwei's, artist, or Ai Weiwei's father, who is a famous poet, um, had a great appreciation for ceramics. During many of his travels uh, within China and abroad, he actually uh, collected ceramic items and brought them back to the home. So Ai Weiwei was um, able to grow up with this great appreciation of ceramics uh, from his father and um, also be able to witness this um, collection within his home. 
Um, at age 19, Ai Weiwei studied for three months at um, a ceramic studio. So there he learned the basics of glazing and firing. And um, he also, at the end of his tenure there, he completed a small sculpture of a porcelain owl. Um, that sculpture was actually published in a Chinese art periodical. So the first um, piece that Ai Weiwei made that was publicly acknowledged was a ceramics piece. So, after that, he did go on to investigate uh, ceramics in, in several iterations throughout his career. Um, we do see some ceramic pieces in this exhibition, in this room, as a matter of fact. If you see uh, bowls of pearls over there, um, the pearls are in two oversized porcelain bowls uh, by the artist. Also, um, Rui, this uh, beautiful porcelain piece behind us. And of course, um, uh, the 3,000 porcelain crabs in the next gallery. Um, I always produced many ceramics pieces that are not included in this retrospective. Um, some fantastic porcelain dresses that um, I really recommend uh, uh, some investigation if you've not seen them. Depictions of oil spills with porcelain. And most famously, um, his piece with millions of sunflower seeds that um, filled the turbine hall in Tate Modern in 2010. Um, so uh, I think that now that we understand a little bit more of the formal elements of, uh, of this piece and uh, Ai Weiwei's engagement with ceramics, we're really better equipped to unpack some of these um, questions that viewers have uh, posed to me about the work. Um, the first of which being, why does he drop this urn? What, what is that meant to say? What is that doing for us? So Ai Weiwei's been remarkably closed-lipped about that. He hasn't released an official statement as to his reasons. In interviews, he doesn't come out and say exactly why he's dropping the urn. So anytime that you have a question that's that kind of probing and important, and you have an artist who refuses to give a very direct answer, you're going to get a lot of multiple readings. Um, one of which is the idea that Ai Weiwei is demonstrating through this gesture, this need to break with the old in order to make way for new ideas. However, I, I personally um, am most compelled by this idea that Ai Weiwei is actually performing this gesture in order to examine Ai Weiwei's, um, I'm sorry, in order to examine China's relationship to its past. As many of you might know, China is going through an immense period of um, industrialization. Um, I've personally not had the pleasure of visiting China, but many visitors who have feel the need to stress to me um, just the level of industrialization projects and urban renewal that are going on in virtually every major Chinese city. Um, the landscape is just dotted with cranes, and many people uh, between visits to China, they find the cities where they previously have been completely unrecognizable because entire neighborhoods may have been razed or um, the city has been completely redesigned in order to make way for newer industrialization projects. So anytime that you have this level of industrialization at such a rapid pace, there will be certain sacrifices, of course. And in this case, one of those sacrifices has really been a condition where Chinese antiquities and relics are being destroyed on a daily basis. So what does that do for us then? How, how does a culture think about its past when um, this, this industrial push is leading to a destruction of, of your cultural history? So I think that really, if we think about this gesture as a window into that investigation, we can see that through this one singular object, we're able to examine a much larger condition that's occurring throughout China. So what about the second question then? Is this real? Is it fake? Is it authentic? Um, 
how, how can he drop a 2,000-year-old urn? Uh, many people seem extremely troubled by that uh, when they talk to me about it. Um, although when people ask me that question, I usually go immediately to another question in my mind, which is, why do we care so much? Uh, why does that matter so much? Um, and I think before we delve too deeply into the why, uh, we should maybe take the time to consider um, a few uh, pieces of evidence that we have as to its authenticity, or maybe some reasons to be a bit more suspicious of that. So let's start with why we're suspicious. So um, Ai Weiwei has demonstrated a preoccupation with this idea of fake. After all, his um, studio is called Fake Design. Um, also, the uh, studio, the ceramic studio that produces his ceramic works, they only make two kinds of works. Okay, those are uh, works that Ai Weiwei commissions and replicas of antiquities um, that often end up on the market as uh, counterfeit um, vases and other things. So it certainly wouldn't have been difficult for him to uh, come across a uh, counterfeit Han urn. He could have commissioned it himself from a studio he already has a relationship with. Um, even though those, those two pieces of evidence seem a bit strong, we do have reason to believe that it could be authentic as well. First of all, he's telling us that it's authentic by the nature of this gesture. That may or may not be particularly convincing for you. But he has worked with, uh, with other antiques and um, through, through his work, for example, um, with these vases and also with uh, the series of Coca-Cola vases, one of which we see um, behind us. And one of those Coca-Cola vases was actually radiocarbon dated and proven to be from the Neolithic era. Furthermore, it's interesting to note that this kind of Han Dynasty urn is unglazed. And that makes it almost worthless on the antiques market. This isn't um, an item that could be sold at auction. It's not a collector's item. So financially, it wouldn't have been um, difficult for him to acquire the urn or um, uh, financially a huge sacrifice for him to destroy it. So after having considered some of, some of that evidence as to, to why it may be authentic or why it may be fake, um, we can return a little bit to, to the why it matters. So I think that um, it's, it's really more up to us to determine whether or not it's authentic. And by looking at this piece and thinking about that, it's really up to you to consider the way that you assess value. Having said that, um, I think it's important to remember that very few things have inherent value. Value really exists because we say it's valuable, or maybe because we agree that it's valuable. After all, I just mentioned that this is an urn that has very little monetary value, so that um, dismisses that way of thinking about it. Of course, there are other ways of assessing value, but those different ways of assessing value are going to vary very much from individual to individual. The way I assess the value of this object um, could be very well different from the way that you assess this object or another visitor into the exhibition. So when Ai Weiwei was asked about um, this gesture, he said it's only powerful because someone thinks it's powerful and invests a certain amount of value into the object. So in this way, um, when we look at this object, we're really forced to assess where we stand in relation to it and how we assess its value and the value of other um, cultural, culturally significant objects. So in concluding this talk, I'd, I'd like to redirect us again to the artist's gaze. 
Um, people really need to have a reaction to this piece. People will bring me from another part of the gallery to talk about it. Um, and I think that the reason for that is just his gaze is so direct that he really uh, doesn't allow you to be a passive viewer. You have to be active when looking at this piece. He really demands you to have a reaction. And I think that's because through the gaze, he's really implicating you in this gesture. You're forced to be a part of it. You're forced to approve of it or disprove of it or simply walk on and decide it's not important to you. So in that way, we're really forced to think about value, our system of assessing value, and how we stand in relation to cultural objects, their production, the way they exist in our world, and ultimately, in this case, their destruction. Uh, thank you so much for your attention. Um, I'd love to open up to questions now. Um, if anyone has uh, questions, please be sure to wait for the microphone to come to you, and please speak directly into the mic as it's being recorded for a podcast. Assuming that it is authentic, could he have gotten available availability to it, access to it? And what would the value be, really? Um, well, he, he certainly could have gotten um, access to it if it is authentic. Um, uh, chi the Chinese antiquity um, market is definitely flourishing. Um, these kind of objects are uh, pretty widely available, um, surprisingly, um, as to what the value of it would have been. I don't know the exact uh, dollar amount, but it's, it's almost worthless because this kind of, um, in terms of monetary value, because this kind of unglazed urn is not something that can be sold at auction and it's not something collectors are after. Yes, I wanted to ask about this one. What is that top part of it, and does, is, that, is that something that's been added, or is that part of the picture, or what is the, the it looks like the, the white thing at the top of the urn. I think that that's just um, a, a motion um, blur that's happening as it's, uh, the urn is really tipping more towards the camera, and we're able to see um, more directly inside of it, but um, there, it's disrupted by this motion. Is he coming at all to the Hirshhorn to talk about uh, the exhibit and his work? Um, I really, really wish that he was. That would be great. I would be um, definitely uh, first in line to try and hear him talk about this piece especially. Um, but no, unfortunately, uh, the Chinese government is withholding his passport, so um, he wasn't able to come to um, the opening of this exhibition. Um, but hopefully he'll be able to come at some point um, as this exhibition travels and, and be able to, to view his retrospective. I gather his painting of these old pots gives them much more value than if they were unpainted. So, um, so the question is as to if these pots are, are um, more valuable now that they're painted by Ai Weiwei. Um, I think that's, that's a really uh, interesting um, question and observation because it really gets again to the root of how we assess value, right? Because some people might say that you're destroying the value of these pieces by dipping them in industrial paint, but you're right. I mean, financially, these will probably sell far for, for, for an exponentially higher price um, if they're to go to auction because they're Ai Weiwei originals um, and not just antiquities. So I think, I think yeah, that's, that's a really um, valid question that, again, ties into different forms of assessing value. Uh, if this is uh, um, an, an antiquity, would it have been protected by the Chinese government? That's, that's an interesting question. Um, I, don't, I don't really um, know the answer to that. I don't know exactly where the Chinese government stands in, in relation to um, 
to regulating the um, antiquities market within the country. Um, I know that it's uh, booming and actually um, Highway Wei recounts uh, one story uh, when he was leaving China in 1981 where he, he came out of a bank after exchanging um, his uh, his money for dollars, and um, there was a uh, boy going by with a rickshaw just full of um, uh, Han urns. So I mean, I I don't know, and who knows if those were authentic or not either. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your attention and attendance. Thank you.